0: Today on the World War Bitcoin podcast, all eyes are on the Federal Reserve, but really on the markets because we know what is coming from the Federal Reserve, most likely a 25% basis point hike. And so we'll see how the markets result. Will there be a fake out? Will there be an explosion? Will there be a crash? We will see. And I look at take a deep dive on the S&P. Look at some data points with that the DXY, Russia, China, all sorts of things coming up and it's going to be a doozy. So stay tuned. But let's get some intro music. All right, so looking at coin360.com in front of me, we can see that it's a green day. These things actually do exist. And we're seeing lots of green across the board, except for one particular cryptocurrency. And I talked about this last week, one major cryptocurrency, at least a top 10 crypto Luna is red today. So what's going on with Luna? Guys, this is, this is a phenomenal trading opportunity. I'm actually really excited about what I'm seeing right now. So last week I talked about how Luna is correlated with the DXY as the dollar gets stronger, as the, at least the dollar index gets stronger. I mean, we can talk all about the, the dollar index versus the dollar, the dollar index, the DXY is an indication of fear and greed. It's a better indication of fear and greed, in my opinion, than the fear greed index. But the DXY has been rallying. The dollar index has been rallying and Luna is correlated with the DXY. And I haven't heard anybody talk about this, so this could be our little secret. We could make a few bucks off of this. Here is when you buy Luna, and here is when you sell it. When you see the DXY go too far gone from its its bull market support band, that is when you sell Luna, if you're trying to trade. And that is when you sell Luna because what's gonna happen, in my opinion at least, is that there is room for the dollar to at least get back to its bull market support band. Look at how it's been rallying since July, since June. It's just been bouncing off, bouncing off for several months. And now we've seen this extreme rally, an extreme indication that fear is heavily in the market. And at the very least, in my opinion, at some point, it's going to go back down to its bull market support band or somewhere near its bull market support band because we saw in october late october it didn't quite get there but somewhere near its bull market support band you know, so back down to about ninety six, maybe maybe it'll rise to ninety seven. And around that time, that is when you buy Luna. But Luna reached an all time high last week in peak fear. What's going on? It's it's correlated with the DXY, and it has to do with Anchor Protocol. With the difference, with the the if, the, if their stable coin gets too overpriced, then what you do is you can convert that to Luna at a discount. And and then if Luna gets too over, if the stable coin gets too underpriced you can convert that to to luna and it's a a dollar uh, equivalent of luna so there's a trade going on that basically correlates the u.s dollar the dollar index to luna and so back in early february luna bottomed out it went down to fifty dollars it went from like 80 85 to right crashed right back down to $50. It was the same days, these same few days here that the DXY went down from what? 97 down to 95, Luna dumped pretty heavily about 40% or so. And that was a perfect time to buy Luna, went down to $44, 45 and then boom, right back up. So anyway, that is what's going on with Luna. And again, I haven't heard anyone talk about this, so the small group of us who are paying attention to this, we have an opportunity, you know, short Luna right now, or long it when it gets back down, when the DXY gets back down to its bull market support band. So anyway, that's enough talk about Luna, Bitcoin, crypto, the Fed, that is the, the that is very much on people's radars right now. And so what is going Going on right now because it's a green day and the Fed is expected to raise interest rates. Doesn't that seem counterintuitive? Well, you guys, I'm sure you've been around long enough to know that actually, no. This could very much set up as a sell the fear, buy the event type thing. And the fear has been priced into the markets for so long. Bitcoin peaked at $69,000 on November 10th, which was that first day, the first month the CPI numbers came out, and it was way unexpectedly too high. And so Bitcoin rallied to $69,000 and then people went risk off because the, you know, the smart money knew what was coming. They knew that the, that, you know, with higher expect than expected CPI numbers that the fed was going to raise interest rates. And then at some point, the rest of us caught on the fed was going to raise interest rates. People are going risk off, not just in stocks, but in crypto, not just in crypto, but in stocks all over the place. People are fleeing to the dollar. This thing that is losing seven, eight, 9% of its value over the next year, people are still fleeing to it because for some reason it's safer than these assets that are considered risky. And so since then, since from that day, November 10th, until today, today is the culmination of the selling the fear, buying the event when it comes to interest rates. So what's gonna come after today? I mean, maybe this is it maybe i uh, what what i would prefer to do personally and you know you you do you Personally, I want to expect the worst, hope for the best. Expecting the worst, there there isn't really much expecting the worst. What we are expecting from the Fed is that they are going to raise interest rates by 25 basis points, by 0.25%. I would be shocked if they did anything different. If they, I would be blown away if they were like, nah, you know what? We're not going to raise rates today. I would be pretty surprised if they were saying, you know, 50 basis points, given all the macro uncertainty in the world, I think they're going to stick with what is expected and raise interest rates 0.25%. And that is what is expected. What we're wondering, what a lot of people are wondering is in June, which is the next time that they are expecting to raise rates, will that be, will will that be an opportunity for them to turn dovish or will they stick with the status quo at that time and then revisit in September? I have maintained and I will stick to this until I am proven wrong that the Fed is going to turn dovish at some point that they are going to see this, the, 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 what's (laughs) the house of cards, you know, they're, they're going to see it get a little bit wobbly and they're going to be like, Nope, time to time to turn dovish. So anyway, that is happening. And is, are we going to see, because here again, guys, I've said this over and over again, we have, Overpriced. We have overcorrected in, into the fear when it comes to raising rates. The stock market generally does pretty well in the middle of rate hikes, and that that will stay like that. You know, in, historically it stayed like that for several months. Um, there was an article that I read that I think really summarized things very well. Like every point in the article is just something I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's really good information because it's not just the Federal Reserve meeting. It's not just Russia. There's just this whole combination of things. There's China. China has turned dovish. You know, there's other countries that affect the global markets. And so China has turned dovish. Maybe the, the United States will follow suit. But I'm looking at an article from cointelegraph.com right now. And it says Bitcoin price cracks, 41K as hopes of peace in Eastern Europe send Bitcoin higher, But then the article does not just talk about that. So it says Bitcoin rises with Asian stocks while 41,000 resistance gets decisive after a brief but failed breakout overnight. So Bitcoin returned about $41,000 prior to Wall Street open March 16th as good news from Asia and Russia buoyed stocks. So data from CoinTelegraph Market Pro and TradingView showed Bitcoin USD maintaining around $41,000. I know we're a little bit lower as I'm recording this as a focus after the Chinese government promised fresh economic support. Beijing announced the move following weeks of tumultuous action on Chinese markets with tech stocks suffering particularly badly. I mean, not just Chinese tech stocks, the United States, you know, I bought some tech stocks to, to you know play a little safer and, you know, not not just tech stocks, but some tech stocks and those were not doing well in um, Chinese tech stocks as well. So Vice President Liu Hei the, said the government would actively release policies, vice premier, excuse me, uh, favorable to markets. Press outlets, including the South China Morning Post reported the result was a strong bounce in local markets, Hong Kong's Hong Seng index gaining over 20% on the day. So China has turned dovish. The United States has turned dovish. We have Biden. I'll talk about Biden signed another 1.5, injecting another $1.5 trillion into the economy. Money printer go burr, and It doesn't seem like it's going to stop. Uh, Bitcoin also reacted, breaking upward amid a tense geopolitical atmosphere of war in Europe and an impending announcement on interest rates from the United States Federal Reserve. The latest news from UK and Russia, peace talks further buoyed performance with negotiators reportedly nearing a form of a police, a peace plan. I mean, man. All right. Today, March 16th, what is to come? Not just from today. How is this going to play out? It seems like all of this this accumulation of fear may one may eventually be released into something other than fear. We'll see for traders. The short-term outlook was slowly, but surely starting to look more promising. So we'll see, you know, DXY is oversold fear. In other words, fear is oversold. In my opinion, at the very worst, we need to see some kind of moving back to the bull market, its own bull market support band, the 21-week EMA, the 21, the 20-week SMA for the DXY, which means a, a rally of sorts, a, a correction, a move back. You want to call it a relief rally? You want to call it something else? Worst case scenario, in my opinion, we need to, we will see some kind of positive movement in the stock market, in the crypto markets. But we'll see. Move, going back to the article, all eyes on the FOMC meeting, which will probably results in a fake out move first, careful, before the real move and then actually end up in a panic move overall as markets are determined through Panic moves. That's Coin uh, Telegraph contrib- con- contributor Michael Van De Depop. The FOMC and Federal Open Market Committee was due to report at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, followed by a press conference from Fed Chair Jerome Powell at 2:30 p.m. About three hours from where, from the time that I am speaking at this moment, I know you're listening to it in the future, so you might be listening to this after the Fed meeting was was uh, was the the minutes were reported. So you know, and I don't know, Um, congratulations. Now here's something very interesting this really stuck out to me from this article and I'm not going to read this but I'm going to show you I'm going to look at a chart and explain it to you so US stocks follow China lead after S&P 500 death cross. Death cross obviously we we've seen death crosses with Bitcoin. Uh we have the last there's death crosses and there's golden crosses. And so death cross bad, golden cross good. That's at least what the argument is supposed to be. But um so Bitcoin over the summer had a death cross. And what people were saying is obviously because Bitcoin had a death cross that it's gonna, that that means that Bitcoin is gonna go down to 20,000 or $15,000. I heard lots of people talk about that and it didn't happen. And with Bitcoin death crosses, it's about a 50-50 thing. You know, sometimes after a death cross, 50% 50 of the time, so does a death cross really matter? I'm not sure, but 50% of the time, Bitcoin after having experienced a death cross will go down another 50, 60, 70% from the death cross price, from the price it was on the day of death cross, and 50% of the time, it rallies and, and goes on to a golden cross. So is it really worth considering? Absolutely not. But with the S&P 500, it's even more ridiculous. This is, it's hilarious. So I'm looking at a chart from Twitter, but when the S&P 500 has a death cross, what happens is that the death cross comes after a local bottom historically. So the death cross, so, all right, let me look at this. 2010, there was a death cross and that death cross occurred at the bottom. The The day of the bottom, the S&P 500 had a death cross. And we have not seen the S&P 500 at that price since that day. And then another local bottom in 2011, death cross. 37 days the death cross occurred 37 days after the 2011 local bottom and then again we have not seen price that price since then and then in 2015 fast forward to 2015 we had two death crosses well one death cross in in uh, fall of 2015 late summer 2015 and then another one right at the beginning of 2016 and the death cross occurred three days after the local bottom in 2015, and 24 days after the local bottom in 2016, in very early January, early January 2016. We had another death cross in 2019. That death cross occurred four, 14 days after the local bottom in 2019. And then COVID 2020, four days. The death cross occurred four days after the local bottom in 2020. And once again, we have experienced a death cross. And so had the question is, have we seen a local bottom in the S and P 500? That is a question we need. We will probably have answered soon, but we, this is the seventh death death cross in the last 11, 12 years, 11 years. And every time before that, when the S and P 500 has experienced this so-called death cross that marked a bottoming out of the S and P 500. And so that seems bullish to me. I'm just, you know, I, I don't want to present only bullish news. I will gladly present bearish news. That seems bullish to me. That time number seven won't be different now. Sure. It could be different. This time could be different, but Seven death crosses. This is the seventh death cross. In my opinion, looking at probability, it seems to me that the global market, especially considering, you know, buy when everyone be greedy, when everyone's fearful, be fearful when everyone's greedy, that this is a time to be greedy. We'll see this time. I, again, this time could be different. It could be different, but this is, this has generally been a time with Bitcoin, with crypto to buy. Now, not every time with Bitcoin, the, in the 2011 death cross, Bitcoin went down for period. You know, that was Bitcoin continued to go down for a period of about three months, three or four months. But every other time that was a great time to buy every, literally every other time that the S and P 500 had a, had a death cross. That was a great time to buy Bitcoin. And so, um, maybe this time, maybe this time is going to be like every other time historically. Now I am looking at on my computer, a spy, um, a spy 10 year chart. And so we have seen what we saw from about 2012 until the COVID crash was that the S&P 500, the spy, uh, ETF traded within a rising channel, a pretty narrow rising channel. It just, it went, it had peaks, it had valleys within that channel. The peaks were not necessarily times to sell. The valleys were very much times to buy. And except for 2019, a a brief period in 2019, when the stock market took a dump, it looked pretty scary, but then recovered very quickly. Um, There there have been, it's been pretty consistent with that channel. Covid came. We had the Covid crash, which presented a phenomenal buying opportunity with with the S and P 500, with stocks, with uh, with the spy ETF. And then SPY traded within a very narrow, but even more aggressive upward channel. And so here we are in early 2022, we have deviated from this channel again, just like in 2019, uh, deviated from the channel, came right back into it. Just like 2020 deviated from the channel, formed a new hyper aggressive channel with all the stimulus, everything being uh, brought back into it. So again, we have to ask this question, is this time different? We've deviated from this, aggressive upward moving channel is this time different and i don't know i don't know but ah, man i don't think now is the time i know when you understand crypto when you understand austrian economics the question is is this the crash because do i believe a crash is coming a heavy miserable awful crash i do yes i do but now? Is it now? Oh, man. Guys, I've been in this since 2010. I turned dark in 2010. And and again, I've said this so many times any day now in 2010, that was me any day. Now we were, we are going to experience this huge crash that is going to, people are going to suffer. There's going to be homelessness. We're going to be have to forge for food. I mean, I'm being a little dramatic, but any day now and since, since 2010 and I've come to learn that there are lots of bullets in the chamber and are we out of bullets yet? One day we will be out of bullets is today the day that we will be out of bullets? I don't know, but my guess is that it's probably more likely than not, that we are not out of bullets. So again, we'll see S and P 500 death cross S and P 500 death cross over the last decade has been a great time to buy. And guys, you know, I'm, I'm working as hard as I can right now to make more money. That's why you haven't seen me as much. I'm working my butt off to make more money so that I can buy. And and if I'm wrong, then so be, I'm also wanting to buy land and, and things like that, which I, I am very comfortable in the price of land that I, you know, that I'll at least get a return on investment, whether that's from growing my own food or from that land increasing in value because there's a limited amount of land. I mean, there's also a limited amount of Bitcoin, but anyway, anyway, time to move on. So Biden has signed another spending bill, my goodness, Joe Biden. I spent, you know, my last two podcasts, which by the way, for those of you on YouTube watching this right now, this is a podcast. Um, for some reason when I post on YouTube that I, that this is a podcast, I lose subscribers. And so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just going to make a video. And, uh, pretend that it's a video, but it's actually a podcast. And so here we go again. This is a podcast. This is the world war Bitcoin podcast. For those of you listening on the podcast, Hey, you're, you're in a great spot, but Biden again. So last two weeks on my podcast, I actually said positive things about Joe Biden. And then I took a cold shower, uh, rubbed myself off, you know, all the dirt, all that fungus growing on me. That's kind of weird. But anyway, um, Biden signed a massive spending bill into law that dedicates billions to Ukraine aid and Joe Biden. You make me want to pull my hair out. I can't stand you. And it's not just Joe Biden from the perspective of a fiscally libertarian person. It's like every president since Nixon has been awful, just absolutely awful. I don't even know who's been a good president. No, none of the presidents have been good. But Biden, and Biden has had motivation with COVID and all that stuff and all the macro uncertainty, but Biden has turned this up to another level. I mean, I I guess I could say that about every president. Trump wasn't all that different from Obama. Obama with the 2008 financial crisis turned it up to another level. George Bush was awful. W. Bush was awful. I guess H.W. Bush wasn't that bad, but he only had four years to, to be, ba- be bad. And he started a war in the Middle East. All right, enough of that. Enough politics. They were all, they've, they've all been awful when it comes to spending. Biden has raised it up to another level. Probably the next president will raise it up to even a more ridiculous level. But $1.5 trillion printed out of nowhere, 14 billion of that going to the Ukraine. It's like, cool, man, you know, $14 billion, 13.6 to be exact, going to the Ukraine. But this is not going to stop. And this just blows me away. It's not, I'm telling you, it's not going to stop. I had some hope looking at CPI numbers that the powers that be would put two and two together. I had some hope that there would be two plus two equals four, but I saw something from the White House earlier this week, claiming that injecting trillions of dollars into the economy is not what is causing CPI numbers to be high. Are you kidding me? Like, seriously, That's what they said. That's what they're saying. (laughs) Sorry, I I just got to take a breather real quick. They truly, I'm telling you, as unbelievable as this is, they truly believe that the high CPI numbers are not because of trillions of dollars being injected into the economy. So what do they think is causing these high high CPI numbers? It's the supply chain. They think that Now $9 trillion since Biden has taken office, $9 trillion injected into the economy that that's not causing high CPI numbers. No, it's supply chain issues. It's global macro issues. It's, it's, um, and how much did COVID contribute to CPI? It it contributed some, but come on. So no, 1.5 trillion today, next month, there's going to be another trillion Three months from now, there's going to be like a $3 trillion bill. This is, this is reality for us now. And so would that cause that will accelerate the crash that will accelerate the crash. It will, but what's that going to do short term? I would guess that this channel that I I pointed out, this aggressively rising channel that we are, that we have been in, but we just recently deviated from that. We're going to go right back into that channel and the S and P is going to move higher. And, And that right now is a phenomenal buying opportunity and smart money. There is a smart money fear, greed index. There's a dumb money, you know, the fear greed index is, is generally a measure of dumb money. Dumb money is terrified right now. Smart money is very excited. They're, they're greedy. So man, I wish I could just travel in a time machine, but my guess, and, and I would say probability wise is that we are going to go right back into the channel, which means we have a lot of catching up to do when it comes to the spy getting back into that channel and you know stocks who knows about tech stocks they th- that was certainly a massive bubble and and maybe there's maybe it'll just kind of be be flat or rise a little bit but um i think the spy is going to go back gun to my head that's what i think is going to happen and so all right last major thing everything the federal here's everything the federal reserve is expected to do at its meeting this week so the federal reserve meets this week this is an article from monday march 14th and is expected to begin unwinding the massive economic help it provided during the pandemic that process will likely start with an interest rate hike of a quarter of a percentage point already talked about that but policy policymakers also will update their outlook for rates as well as gdp Inflation and unemployment. At last update, officials projected inflation would run at 2.7%, <laughs> which is obviously a massive undershoot of current conditions. Okay. So the Federal Reserve this week faces the monumental challenge of starting to undo its massive economic help. Yeah, mm-hmm. monumental. It's an election year, so when do they turn dovish? Uh, my money would be on September but starting to undo its massive economic help at a time when conditions are far from ideal, yada, 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 Ukraine, et cetera, et cetera. Here's a quote from David Kelly, chief global strategist for JP Morgan funds. The economic outlook supports the feds current plans to boost the federal funds rates in March and to begin to reduce their balance sheet over the summer, wrote David Kelly. However, however, This is a key point in my opinion. There are a number of areas of uncertainty, which should make them a little more cautious in tightening. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm when I'm darkest at my darkest, I'm like, just come on, let's just, let's blow it up and start over. I know that's going to cause a lot of misery, lots of death, but let's just blow it up and start over because we will be better off in the long run. But there are a number of areas of uncertainty, which should make them a little more cautious in tightening okay the federal open market committee will be focusing on more than a solitary interest rate hike however there are also will be adjustments to the economic outlook projections for future path of rates a likely discussion about when the central bank can start reducing its bond portfolio Holdings. So let me think here. Is there more from this article that I wanted to look at? Markets have no doubt the Fed will enact an increase of a quarter percentage point or 25 basis points at this meeting because the central bank generally doesn't like to surprise markets. That, that's almost certainly what will happen. Where the committee goes from there, however, is hard to tell. That's what I'm saying. Members will update their projections through the dot plot in which each official plots one dot on a grid to show where they think rates will go this year, the following two years, and... Of the longer range. One more paragraph and I'll be done with this article. The 25, the 25 basis points is a given. What matters most is what comes after, said Simona Makuta, chief economist at State Street Global Advisors. A lot can happen between now and the end of the year. The uncertainty is super high. The trade-offs have worsened considerably. So today, 25 basis points. I really do believe that. I would be shocked if that was any different than 25 basis points. What happens in the markets afterwards as a result of the Fed announcing the 25 basis point raise is what's very unpredictable. And my guess is a fake out. Just like in the article that I read earlier, my guess is that we will see a fake out. A dump followed by a rise or a rise followed by a dump. Obviously I would prefer a dump looking at the charts right here. You know, we got rejected at the two, three, six fib level. It's not two, three, six isn't a huge level of resistance, but the 21 week EMA continues to go down. It is now at about a little under $44,000. I wouldn't be shocked if we saw another rejection there and maybe maybe because this has been a three month four month period of sell the fear buy the hype maybe this is the retrace that this will result in the retrace that we have been waiting for, at least the retrace. So what do I mean by that? At least a move up to the 618 Fibonacci retracement level, $55,269 or so, and maybe a move up to the 702, which would be at about $58,000. And if if we see a, an explosion in alts, again, I, I think that's probably it until 2024. However, I believe that $69,000 was not the peak for this cycle. I think Bitcoin is very, very underpriced right now, and that's why I am working as hard as I can, and that's why you haven't seen me as much, because I'm trying to make as much money as possible, and I'm restructuring my business to do so, so that I can buy cheap Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, but mostly Bitcoin and Ethereum. And so that is my plan, that's my battle plan, and I do miss interacting with so many of you. I am still around. I'm on Discord, I try to go live sometimes. I went live on TikTok yesterday uh, or two days ago, and I'm trying, it's just I have been slammed and I do apologize for that. But that is all I have for today. I hope you have a wonderful day, a wonderful rest of your week, and I will most certainly be seeing you in another podcast, another video, another live stream. I will be back in full swing in due time. Peace.